So last week, um, Pip started us on a new series, so Heroes of the Faith. And um, last week, last week, Pip spoke about Rahab. And Rahab was a prostitute. Um, and through discovering God and through being brave and um, finding a belief in God, she protected God's people and saved her family and made her way into the lineage of Jesus. So pretty amazing for somebody who society would have looked down on and, and judged. And um, this morning, I'm going to be looking at another kind of Old Testament um, person. Um, we'll get there eventually. As those of you who probably know me, I like to meander along. So we're going to start first with a poem. Um, some of you might know this poem. It's from when I was small, and the little challenge for you all this morning is to guess which day I was born. So, Monday's, uh, Monday's child is fair of face, Tuesday's child is full of grace, Wednesday's child is full of woe, Thursday's child has far to go, Friday's child is loving and giving, Saturday's child works hard for a living, and the child born on the Sabbath day is bonny and blithe, good and gay. Anybody know that poem? Yeah. Right, come on then, guys. Which day was I born? Monday. Oh, I'm fair of face. No. Thursday. Oh, I've got far to go. No. I'm going to do one more. Come on, Ben, you're going to get this right. Nearly. I am born on the Sabbath day, people. I am so good and gay and happy and lighthearted. Who ever knew? But I was kind of told that when I was growing up. That was something about me that was, oh, Joanne's this. That, that's what my parents call me, Joanne, by the way, if you're thinking I'm a bit weird. Um, and so it was kind of part of my character and it reflected who I was. I was a really, really lovely young girl. My parents didn't have to tell me off because if my dad raised his voice, I cried and I did as I was told. Um, third children are always the best, can I just say that? Um, <laughs> and in a wider kind of context, I guess what struck me about this is that society has a lot to say about us too, doesn't it, as well? As we grow up, we're told what our character is. You know, we might be um, quirky or we might be hardworking. We might be sensitive. And I've done this with my own children, you know. Um, I've got two boys, Jacob and Dan, who are adults now, which is weird. But, you know, I would, I would label them. I would say, oh, Jacob's this, Dan's this. Um, and, the, and the same can be said for people speaking about me, and the same, I'm sure, can be said for you. I'm sure you can recall people talking about you. Um, and it's not always that helpful, is it? Because sometimes the stuff that people say about us is not very nice. Um, sometimes people might say, like, what our destiny is, where we're headed, or they're going down the wrong path, or they're, they're going to do good things, they're going to go to university. Um, and there was a girl once when I'm in a previous job, I did mentoring in school and I was running a group and there was a girl who was just about to have her 16th birthday and I was so excited for her because I was like, oh, you're going to be 16, that's amazing. And she was like, not really. And I was like, wow, like, why? And she said, because when I'm 16, everyone thinks I'm going to get pregnant because that's what my family do. Like, we get pregnant at 16, we have children 
and I don't want to do that. And it just broke my heart because I thought, you know, that, that's been spoken over you. You feel like that's your destiny, that there's nothing else. Uh, the good news is that I believe, and I hope you agree with me, church is not quite like society. So in church, I'm hoping you don't hear people writing you off. I'm hoping that you're, you don't hear negative stuff. Um, church is about discovering who you are with God, the purpose that God has for you, and nothing is off the table. You know, we hear time and time again, God of the impossible. So whatever has come before or however you feel, God's got a plan. God's words are life-giving and they're meant to feed us and encourage us to flourish and grow. And when we hear what God has to say about us and we discover his purpose for us, things cannot stay the same. So one of my favorite Bible verses is from 2 Corinthians verse Uh, Chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. And it says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And this was like my go-to Bible verse when I first became a Christian, when I was 24 Um, And it just filled me with so much hope. So from being kind of my younger, born on the Sabbath, amazing child, um, at the age of 14, um, I I became what people like to call a rebel. And I decided that life, the way that I had lived it up until that point, was going to change. And it was quite a conscious decision, I have to say, on my behalf. And then for the next 10 years... um, I lived in pretty much chaos with, um, yeah, lots of issues, drugs, alcohol. I was very, very aggressive. You would never believe that of a Sabbath child. But I was, I was quite, um, I liked a little fight. Um, and my parents just like tore their hair out. And I was just there. I don't even know a word for it. Um, and it wasn't, I think I, I took it as this is a rebellion. And it wasn't until I was about 18 that I was in a kind of really... Um, not healthy relationship, and I started to get flashbacks of a trauma as a child that I'd never remembered. And so I guess my point is, like, sometimes the decisions you make consciously are made with unconscious stuff going on underneath. And it's really important for us to kind of be aware of that as we discover who God wants us to be, what God's got in store for us, and uh, kind of what the future looks like. It'd be great, wouldn't it, if I was kind of 18 and, I don't know, drinking, shall we say, um, if, if I knew what the future held. But I didn't. I lived in hopelessness. I'd gone from this kind of secure person to a person living in chaos. Um, but God was faithful even when I turned my back on him. And, you know, God has done some amazing things in my life. I remember when I was 16, even... Like I was in the pub, I'd obviously drank a lot. And my sister used to come and check on me because um, she'd be worried about me. And I would get her praying for people. And I was like, I don't even follow this God. But I'd be like, you need to go and pray for this person. He's really struggling. And so even in all my chaos, like um, God was faithful. And 
He knew what my purpose was. I had no idea. And so this morning, as we kind of look at the hero from the faith that I've picked, we're going to look at Joshua. And one of the things I just want you to remember is that like, God knows our purpose. And um, there's loads to read about Joshua in the Old Testament at the start of the Bible. So we're not going to do much of it today. We're just going to kind of do a quick check of him and then just look at the start of his own Bible book. So what do we know about Joshua? So he was born in exile. So he had no freedom. He hadn't known freedom as a child. He was born a slave. The Bible tells us that he was Moses' assistant. So I'm thinking, like, you know, he was a fairly helpful person. He was learning. Um, He respected leadership, maybe. Moses picked him to lead the militia to fight against the Amalekites, who are enemies of Israel. So now I'm picturing somebody who's strong and a good leader, He accompanied Moses to Mount Sinai when he received the Ten Commandment tablets of stone. And if you you read this bit in the Bible, if you go and have a look at it, he was there quite a long time. So he was waiting for six days. And on day seven, God spoke to Moses. And then it says that they spent 40 days and nights there. And I'm like, what did Joshua do while he was waiting? Like, he must be a really patient man. So I'm getting a kind of idea of his character. He was one of the 12 spies that Moses sent to explore and report on Canaan. So he was probably quite intelligent. He was a bit stealth. Maybe he was quite clever at hiding. And he was one of only two people in his generation to enter the promised land. So he was blessed. So when God's people um, were led out of Egypt, when they were into freedom, going to the promised land. Moses was leading them. Joshua was there. And it was Joshua's job to lead them into the promised land. Now, I don't know about you, but just seeing those bullet points and comparing myself, um, I'm thinking, wow, Joshua totally rocked. He had done so much. And we haven't even got into the book of Joshua yet. So he's got like this amazing life before he's even got a book written about him. If you want to know more about the life of Joshua um, and how it went on from this point, you're going to have to pick up your Bibles and have a look because there's too much to tell you about, but it's all very exciting. But the, the message that I really felt God was talking to me about and, and to us about today, I felt like he was saying it's not just the destiny, it's the journey. It's your purpose. Your purpose is your journey. And I think sometimes we think purpose is like an end game. But actually, when you walk with Jesus, your purpose is day by day. And that's your journey. So journeys can be a bit tricky. I don't know how well you can see this picture. Oh, you can see it quite well. Um, The road is very windy, isn't it? And when I looked at this picture, I was... I'm not really a pessimist, but I was like, oh my goodness, that looks like a really hard journey. Like, that road is awful. If I'm walking, it's going to kill me. If I'm driving, I'm going to be in an anxious state because I might fall off the road or 
meet a bus en route. You know, there's going to be so many um, kind of challenges along the way on this route. And yet, isn't it beautiful? Well, with the sunshine in it is. Maybe if it was cloudy and rainy, it wouldn't be so beautiful. But it is beautiful. And I bet when you get to the top, the views are amazing. And if you head down to the valley, there's a little village where you can sit outside and have a cold beer and just take in the scenery. So I guess my point is that the journey that gets us to our final destination is never going to be a straight, flat road. There's always going to be twists and turns. There's going to be ups and downs. And so, for Joshua, Joshua, there is his journey and his destination. And as Christians, we believe God calls us to walk with him, which is our journey. And as we make our way to our final destination, which actually is heaven, it's full relationship with God, it's being in his presence. You know, quite often our destinations, we have little ones along the way, but our ultimate destination is heaven. There's a great podcast by North Point Community Church that I've listened to recently. There's, there's like a three-part series on heaven and it it's like blows your mind. It's just like, oh, I never even thought about it like that. Really recommend it to you. Um, so good to listen to. But just because our final destination is heaven, it doesn't mean there's not stuff to do along the way. And as you, if you read the rest of kind of uh, Joshua's story after the kind of the bit we're doing today, you'll see that there are so many twists and turns and up, ups and downs. He's got a long way to go before he reaches his final destination. And I think we'd be forgiven for assuming that he'd already got to his destiny because he was going to lead God's people into the promised land. I mean... What an amazing destiny. Like, that to me could be a final destination. But actually, that's chapter one of the book of Joshua. He's got, like, loads more to do. And I was just ambling away, imagining how he must have felt the honor of leading God's people into their promised land. How amazing is that? But actually, when we look at the Bible, it tells us that Joshua led the people into the promised land because Moses had died. Like his mentor, his, you know, somebody he followed, he loved, who actually probably would be forgiven for thinking that was their destiny because he'd done a lot of hard work. But that wasn't meant to be. And before they go into the promised land, God takes Moses up onto the mountain and he shows him all the land that he'd promised. And like Moses' life had led up to this point. And actually, Moses was about to reach his final destination, but it wasn't the promised land. And this, it says this in Deuteronomy 34. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. Moses was 120 years old when he died, when he reached his final destination. 
but he never got into the promised land on earth. His promised land was like way better. But for us, you know, we might be heading towards our promised land. We might never get there, but we might be paving the way for other people to get there. You know, our purpose, our journey is to follow God, take that next step. So I've spent loads of time reflecting on my journey, and I'm sure you guys have reflected on your life, kind of what, what's been, what's to come. And it's really important that we do that, but it's also important not to do it too much because if I lived my life reflecting on my past, that would be a bit depressing. And actually, I'd miss what God's doing now. You know, I don't know if you know people that just always seem to be living in the past and you're like, yeah, but what, what's, what about now? There's, there's this therapy that they um, use a lot nowadays called solution-focused therapy, and it's that Look forward, like moving forward, what steps, what to do. And if we spend too much time living in the past, we miss what God's doing now. And if we spend too much time looking years ahead, worrying about the future, we miss what God's doing now. We don't want to miss the now. Right, let's get back to Joshua. So just after Moses has died... God is instructing Joshua on the next part of his journey. And it says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. These are some of the fa- my favorite verses in the Bible. Uh, now, I know I'm no Joshua. You might be. I'm not. But if we read again from verse 5, I just want us to imagine this morning that God is speaking these words to us. And I really think he is. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God is not going anywhere. Whatever is coming our way, he is always going to be with us. This comes through a lot in this part. Be strong and courageous. Our journeys equip us for what God wants us to do. It's quite often I feel like, you know, people think, oh, well, that's happened, that disqualifies me. That's happened, that disqualifies me. I'm not this, I'm not that. But actually... It's exactly that that God can use to serve him and serve others. Joshua's journey prepared him for all that God had planned for him. And we can trust that when God calls us into something, he knows that we are prepared. We may feel weak and afraid, but if we believe that God is God, I think we do, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, all-seeing, then we can trust that he knows what he's doing. And we can be strong and courageous, even if that doesn't come naturally to us. We might not feel that that's kind of a trait that we have. And it repeats again, be strong and very courageous. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I don't feel like I do much that's very courageous. <laughs> I feel like I should a bit more, maybe. Um, I think probably the most courageous thing I did recently, which is not that courageous, was I was having a chat with a work colleague and I said, oh, because I'm a Christian. And I was like, oh, don't know what they're going to say. Like, how's that going to go? And it just like totally went over them. And I was like, oh, that didn't go as bad as I thought. Um, but actually, perhaps that was my very courageous for that day, just acknowledging who I was and what I believed. It tells us, um, it tells us to read the Bible. So it says, keep the book of the law always on your lips. And here um, it's talking about the Torah, so the Jewish book. But actually that's, that's our Old Testament. And we know um, if we follow Jesus that he came to fulfill the laws. So actually it's saying, read your Bible, like meditate on it, have it always on your lips. Be careful to do everything written in it. If we want to know what to do, we can find it in the Bible. We can read the stories of Jesus. He's like our best role model. So we just copy him and try and be as courageous as him, but we're never going to be that courageous. But maybe a little bit, even if we can get a tiny bit of that, um, we can make a difference to someone's life. And it finishes in verse 9 with, Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua was not alone and neither are we. 